0: You're listening to Love, Mary Jane, a big talk podcast helping relationships thrive in the modern cannabis culture. I'm Joanna Newting, a cannabis lifestyle guide, published relationship writer, and host of Casually Baked, the podcast. And on Love, Mary Jane, I'm your armchair life coach. Asking, just a little phone call. If you're at a crossroads and the intersection is cannabis and relationships, put it in park you're in the right place. So give me what you got. Engage by submitting your story in cannabis-infused relationship questions at lovemaryjane.net. Each episode of Love Mary Jane will feature a letter seeking advice or insight into a relationship affected by cannabis. Romantic, familial, professional, personal, nothing is off limits. Wherever you're struggling, I will hand select a friend, colleague, or expert that feels appropriate to join me in the studio to help me empower you to make the best decision. This is Love Mary Jane. Hey, Aaron.
1: Joe, how are you? Do you actually go by Joe or Joanna?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. So my family calls me Jojo. Okay. My friends, people I played basketball with, it's Joe or Jojo, my college friends. It kind of goes back and forth. But people I'm dating, I, I go by Joanna because I just, I want to feel more feminine and not so. Interesting. Joe kind of feels like it's bro out together. <laughs> it's like, I can
1: tell it's like, oh, the different sides of you coming out. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what? And that's really a great segue into the letter that we're going to be talking about today. Dear Mary Jane. I'm a 30-something single woman fed up with my current dating experiences. Preach, sister. <laughs> I've always identified as a heterosexual, but have started googling all female events happening in my city. I had a couple of makeout sessions in college with a female friend. We were high and had been drinking, but I remember feeling comfortable. Am I crazy for considering switching teams? Mm. Mm you know i i'm like yeah i this is an interesting one because i too am fed up with my current dating experiences or lack thereof i told you i had a was supposed to have a date last night and then no call no show from the guy it is something where you're like women don't do that to each other
1: yeah yeah. And it's interesting because I think that there's a level of sensitivity that women tend to have that that is attractive. There's there's a quality of attention that I think a lot of good men are are cultivating and diving deeper into and a lot of them don't have that um ends us ends up having us feeling frustrated where um Women are particular on um, the way things look and the way things smell and the the subtleties and intricacies
0: of someone um, that has a a particular allure about it. Yeah, it's so true. And of course, I have firsthand experience with this. I lost my virginity to a a man when I was 18. Mm. And then two weeks later, I had my very first sexual experience with a woman. And I was like, hmm. I didn't hate either one of those. <laughs> That's really
1: interesting and rare and a cool story. <laughs> I didn't actually know that about you.
0: <laughs> and so I just spent my, you know, my, the rest of my teens and, and 20s dating men and women. Mm. And I did have a long, you know, a five-year relationship with a woman and I ultimately what I discovered about myself was that I am more long-term compatible as far as a romantic relationship goes with a man. With a woman, like I'm already fiery. Mm. You know, with a woman, it's like you escalate it, then you escalate it, then it's here and it's here and it's here. And, it's here, and before you know it, somebody's like punching a wall or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> um, okay, that's really not my jam. You know, in my thirties, I decided. You know, I I want to just focus on dating men. Mm. So I don't think this is an unreasonable question being asked. Which, by the way, she didn't. She didn't sign off with a name. So this is from an anonymous person. But by the time this airs, I'll, I'll have come up with a name for her. <laughs> you can help me. For yeah,
1: the, we'll, we'll figure it out throughout <laughs> the thing. Like what is her? What is her name? The quality <laughs> yes. of her. It's so interesting. I've never personally been in a relationship with a woman. But I recognized in my early 20s, um, the times that I did have attention from a woman, I was uncomfortable But now as I'm that I'm older, I can see that that discomfort was actually so much sensation in my body that um, because of my surroundings, I was just in judgment about that feeling. Yeah. So I deemed it as being uncomfortable and something that I didn't want. But the reality was I was sweating a little bit. My hands were a little bit clammy and wet. My heart was racing out of my chest. And it's interesting now to see um, when I get that kind of attention, it still has that same, like, ooh, like, it, it's different when you have attention from a woman versus a man. And um, letting go of the story of what I thought that meant before or what I thought that meant about me at a time that I hadn't explored anything now kind of opens the door to a different way to relate to that type of attention coming in. Mm -hmm. And I love to be able to tie cannabis into that part of it because I think that it allows me to be more in my own experience of what's happening rather than projecting what it means if I'm out flirting with another woman or she's flirting with me. Um, and it lets me be in a different level of connection.
0: Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, it is, it's the shame factor. Like this is not socially acceptable of that's where it was for me back in the early 90s or mid-90s, I guess. And, you know, now there's less shame around it. But for someone who has never lived that lifestyle, it's like, what will my friends think? What will my family think? You know, am I going to have to, like, live this quasi-underground lifestyle? Mm. And cannabis does have an amazing role in this whole level of experimentation, whether or not it's your sexuality or you want to experiment cooking with new foods in the kitchen, you consuming cannabis, opening up this space inside of you that is more freeing and more loving and more willing to just be in the flow and enjoy the experience. I mean, it makes things feel more, I want to say, sensational, but sensational uh, takes me in a different direction. But (laughs) opening that frontal lobe, quieting, you know, your monkey brain, telling you that, you know, what you're doing or saying or feeling is wrong. And like she said in her letter, the time that she had experimented, she had been drinking and she had been consuming cannabis. So, you know, she'd let her inhibitions down, but she didn't have that feeling that you did of being like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. She was like, wow, like, I actually kind of like that. Yeah. You know, there are some really interesting um, events happening in major cities around the world, you know, London, San Francisco, L.A., where there are groups of women that get together that have maybe never had a sexual encounter. And it's these play parties to let women just kind of figure each other out. It's it's quite interesting. I have not attended, but I have some friends that have, have <laughs> been to it.
1: I was just looking at something um, down in Southern California that was an all-female cuddle party type situation, uh-huh. um, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. And I, I definitely can relate now to the fact that especially with using cannabis and feeling a different type of opening – when you are with a woman, there's more of an exploration that gets to happen versus the sort of drive when you're with a man of of reaching a certain goal when yeah. you're in a sexual encounter. And it's, it's typically in our culture much more about the male experience of getting to a point of climax. And that's what makes sex good. And if you don't get to that point, then oftentimes it feels like something's, something went wrong yeah. or my body didn't work in the right way. Yeah. And when women get to explore, um, it has this innocent, fun nature that's more about like, ooh, like what happens if I do this? Mm-hmm. What happens if I do that? And then it's... Um, it feels so much more like a feedback loop that feels really natural versus a, a prescriptive way of, um, well, first we do this, and then there's this, yeah. and, and, and I really love I that. I will
0: say, you know, consistently having sex with the same woman, it can start feeling pretty prescriptive, like, oh, we do this, and then I know this is coming, and then this is next. That was one of the things that I kind of got bored with. Interesting. I mean, that's probably not all women. But, um, damn it, that made me. Go- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so did, like, did cannabis
1: change that dynamic between the two of you at all? Did well, you have that I as part I introduced in the
0: cannabis to, you know, most of my partners consumed cannabis already, but this one particular partner had never been a cannabis consumer. And so whenever I had her consume cannabis before a sexual encounter, yeah, it blew her fucking mind. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> You know, it can be an important and fun way to experiment. Mm. Now, some words to the wise, since I don't know your name, mystery. If you submit a question (laughs) to Love Mary Jane, just have fun. Like, come up with some creative name if Mm. you don't want to tell me your name. Because it makes it more fun for us to be able to call you. So
1: much fun.
0: But yeah, so, you know when you are experimenting with women, let's say you go ahead and try this, you know, there are some key things to keep in mind. You know, you have to respect the other woman in this scenario. So for you, it may be experimentation, but for her, she may be really falling for you and she's a woman who dates women and she's very sure and very clear of who she is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, communication is really key in these sorts of situations. You know, the old joke, you know, what does uh, a lesbian bring on the second date? A (laughs) U-Haul. I actually haven't heard
2: that (laughs) joke. It's so good.
0: (laughs) Uh, And so it's very important that everybody is on the same page and everybody mm -hmm. is clear. And then, yeah, go out on a date with a woman. Change your, you know, your app status to include men and women. And just see if it kind of organically happens. Don't force yourself into being like, I'm over men. Fuck this. I'm a lesbian now. Like, don't do that. Be cool. Be fluid. Experiment with whatever you want. You know, maybe you want to have a threesome first and just introduce a woman into your realm. Or if you're so grossed out by men right now, then, you know, don't do that. Have a cuddle party. (laughs) I'm telling you what, I'm not a huge cuddler. Really? No, I would have been like, you people are making me hot. Get off of (laughs) me. Let's have sex. We can hold each other for a couple of minutes and it's like, and then you're like, okay, I got to go. In
1: terms of being honest and upfront about what you are looking for, what you're not, whether you're in an explorative phase, whether you're a woman who's looking to be in a relationship with another woman, and then you bring in substances into play too, it adds that next level of, you know, what are the boundaries? You know, what are we going to do and what aren't we going to do? What are you comfortable exploring, especially if it's something new to you, you know, because I know that I've definitely been in experiences before where I was in uh, a semi-altered state and something would arise in me which often happens especially with cannabis it can be such a huge turn on mm-hmm. that maybe you weren't feeling beforehand and then all of a sudden you're like oh wow i'm feeling this thing and and i've been in those situations where then it was um something was already happening and it was like oh well am i a, am i still a yes to this and so i think being able to um, especially with something new that, that you're exploring, it is important to be able to have those conversations around your limits or how much you want to explore um, mm-hmm. when you're starting to bring in substances as well.
0: Well, and I I also think that the substances you bring in is pretty critical. You know, when you're experimenting with something new, I know people for years and years and years have used alcohol as the liquid courage that they need, but... It's so dangerous anymore to, you know, take yourself to that place. You might black out. You might get sick and get crossfaded and throw up. You know, you, you that's not sexy. That's not sexy. <laughs> so like, let's limit the substance use. Use cannabis. It's really, it's easy. Plus you can use cannabis lubes and, you know, intersperse that with toys and different things and, and just have dating be a new fun frontier versus I got to find my husband. Mm. I got to find my person. It's like you have to be able to be in your own love, feel love all the time. And those sorts of things don't necessarily matter. And sex and sexuality can be a playground, if you will, that you can safely romp through. Mm. Cannabis is definitely my co-pilot in that regard.
1: That's awesome. I love it. You know, it just made me think too, in terms of The shame piece of things around that too. While you're in these exploratory phases, I used to have a lot of, I won't call it, it wasn't, it was partially my shame, but it was a lot of judgment around partners who um, would also incorporate porn Mm. into play. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and I had a lot of judgment around what that did. And today with feminist porn being on on the rise, I actually realized that having um, that female-to-female experience and feeling into that sympathetic orgasm that I think a woman actually has much more of an ability to cultivate really also started shifting some of the shame that I could feel around my own attraction for women and letting go of that. And it was the first time that I had seen how letting go of my judgments and, and being in that explorative phase with, what does it look like when I use cannabis? What does it look like when I am enjoying watching two women versus watching a hetero couple? And I was really pleasantly surprised because it, it really highlights, I think, what our friend here with no name <laughs> in <laughs> no name yet. Was, Let's call was her switch mentioning. hitter. <gasps> switch hitter. I like it. I like it. Um, what our switch hitter is referring to? When you can feel that you have a little bit um, of an aversion to something, yet there's also a pull to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, really playing in and leaning into, well, what is this about for me? You know, how can I use something like cannabis to open myself up to, to a new experience, having some intention um, or leaning into, you know, what does female porn, you know, bring out in me and diving into these topics with a sense of curiosity about what's there um, mm-hmm. instead of just having this internal experience of am I doing something wrong and questioning?
0: Well, and I think the way you talk about it, it is, you know, you're, starting to climb this ladder and and the first step is we we get still we get quiet you know we microdose and we meditate and we really think about what it is that we want what's gonna make us happy and then you know maybe some things come up maybe it is you want to experiment with this but there's shame around what your family might think and I will tell you that I grew up in a town of five hundred people grew up on a ranch 15 miles away from that fucking town. So literally in the middle of nowhere. And my parents would not know from one trip to the next if I was bringing a girl home or a boy home and they handled it like champs. Mm. Whoever I brought with me, whoever was my partner at that time, my family loved me. They loved my partner. And so From my perspective, being a country girl from West Texas, that's not what the stereotype is. Yeah. My dad being a rancher with five daughters, the way all of his daughters turned out, that is not stereotypical of where we're from. So I would also encourage switch hitter (laughs) to really give the people that you love the benefit of the doubt that they are going to love you no matter who you decide to be with
1: yeah definitely i um i have i think growing up in the bay area i have less of that because i've seen i've seen it throughout my whole life presented um, with so much love and care, um, so it was my own dismantling and untangling. But yeah. it sounds like you have a pretty epic family.
0: I do. We're an interesting bunch. I always tell my family that I'm going to write a book, and my parents just say, "Please, just don't publish it until we're dead." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, there's there's lots of good stories, but you know the things that happened to me and the way i was raised and and where i've gone and and where i've ended up all of those things were important to make me the person that i am and so with switch hitter being in a place where she's ready to throw in the towel on dating first of all it says a lot about dating right now mm. you know just the state of affairs and i really do think it's just this culture that has been bred that we just think that there's a bottomless pit of options. And so many amazing people get thrown to the wayside and they start thinking like, what the fuck's wrong with me? Well, you know, why can't I find somebody? And so, okay, my Hail Mary is, uh, you know, I'm going to switch teams in my mid-30s. And, you know, it's allowing that perspective of okay, I'm not having the best experience right now. So let me just, let me dip my toe in another pool. Dip our toes. Let's not dive in head first and get yourself in another situation that you're like, oh, great. Now I'm in a relationship with a softball coach (laughs) 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 and I don't know how I got here. Mm. You know, so it's doing whatever it is that you're going to do in a in a fluid, methodical, conscious method. If you're doing that, I don't think it matters what you decide to experiment with.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, when people do end up just feeling, oh, I, I'm, I'm fed up, I'm sad, that's such a challenging energy to bring to dating, Mm-hmm. Because people can feel the frustration, yes, when they're with you, and so whether it's exploring with cannabis more in your sex, uh, whether it's with switch hitter, seeing what it feels like to maybe date women, uh, that perspective shift can sometimes give you that like oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling again, mm-hmm. which is what feels so important about it because even those little shifts that you were mentioning, being aware of what you're doing, being bringing some level of consciousness to saying, okay, I'm not going to dive into this bec- out of anger, but from a place of curiosity. I think that that intention is so important, Um, especially with how much misrepresentation there is out there online from people who, you know, present a very particular way around what they want. And then when you meet them, you're like, wow, you know, maybe you look like your profile picture, but what you wrote and how you presented yourself in terms of what you're looking for versus what's actually on the table feels so different.
0: Yes. And, you know, and a lot of times there's misrepresentation too around what they even fucking look like. I've been to my place one time and I'm like, hmm, don't see him. And then he's like, <laughs> hey, I'm right here. And I'm like, did you age 10 years since yesterday? Like, what the fuck, bro? Wow. Yeah. I think, you know, there is a lot of that. And so it's part of us managing the protecting ourselves, but also just really leaning into the experience. We're all vibrational beings. I love what you said earlier about like, you know, whenever you aren't feeling good about your dating experience, how you bring that onto your date, whether or not you're conscious of it or not. And so, you know, one of the big important things is making sure that you keep your vibration up. Like before you, you know, when you're getting ready to go on a date, turn on your favorite fucking music and jam out with your clam out in the bathroom while you're putting on your makeup. Like get yourself hyped up and excited to be going out and, and feel good and look good. Help masturbate before you go out. Get that glow before you even go. Like, totally. Do whatever it is you need to do to make yourself feel good. That is very magnetic. Totally. You know,
1: when I'm working with clients as a matchmaker, I always find it so interesting to see the ones who approach the matches like, okay, like... It's game time, ready to go, and you know it's like okay, it's you know it's time to da 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 da, and it's it's methodical, and the the beauty of a woman's uh, connection with herself doesn't come through, and she's showing up like it's a fucking job interview, yeah, you know, and it's like all right, Monday through Thursday's booked, and I'm gonna leave Friday open to whoever did the best on Monday through Thursday, and then you have the clients who come in and they're like, you know what, I'm so open to this process, I'm so curious to learn about myself. I'm so ready to find someone and I don't have an agenda. And they are always the ones that come back and have great experiences, have more intimacy, whether it's with someone they end up being with or not, but just the intimacy of being vulnerable and sharing from the heart. And uh, I think that that's such an important thing to take into this dating culture that we're currently in where sometimes, you know, I've had people who have said, great, I'll have a 15-minute date with you, a coffee date, and and they'll schedule things back to back. Wow. And uh, that type of energy just doesn't actually allow wow. you to see what's really there with yeah. someone.
0: Yeah. It is, you know, you you talking about all that, I had a thousand thoughts enter into my brain and then... They all fell out when I just visualized like a dude speed dating at Starbucks. <laughs> uh, oh, what was I going to say to you? Way over caffeinated. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, well, he is. I'm casually baked. That's uh, my excuse. So funny. Um, but no, I think what I was going to say is when you have that willingness to just show up mm. and not Not know if you're going to be attracted to them. Not know if you're going to have much in common with them. Just, But being a willing participant of life to show up to this micro-adventure and, you know, maybe something will come of it. Maybe it'll be a great story. Maybe it'll be the best cup of coffee you've ever fucking had in your life. We don't know. But just being willing to show up without an agenda is such a critical component of dating anymore. With this swipe culture, you know, I think I may have been you who I was talking to, a guy friend of mine, we were both on Bumble, we're sitting in the car, and we're both checking our profiles and matches on deck. And I'm looking through, curious who they are, and thinking for a minute before I swiped left or right, And I look over to him, and he was just swiping right on everybody Mm. as fast as he could. And he completely exhausted all of the potential matches. And he's like, all right, now we wait. Wow. And I was like, you motherfucker. You just flipped the script on Bumble. This is my problem. A woman gets a match, and she's excited. She's like, oh, there's potential. There's this excitement of somebody likes me. But then when you see how a lot of these guys are actually using the app, they just will wait for you to respond and, and send them a message. And then they're like, too bad, Sheila, you're off the list. Like, no way, Catherine. Then they start getting to decide. That was the place where, you know, when I was got to where switch hitter is, where it's like, I'm over this online dating thing. Mm -hmm. And so I hung up my bumble and my Tinder and my hinge and I'm just like, you know what, I, I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna flirt with my creativity. Yes. I'm gonna create Love Mary Jane. Yes. Somebody'll show up. It's inevitable. I'm kind of free flowing in the dating sphere right now.
1: That's great. I congratulate you on that. I feel very similarly that when when I have someone come in and they are they feel exhausted around mm-hmm. online dating. I tell them to stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not working. There are other ways of meeting people. And it can actually be fun to play with those different edges of okay. You know, do I ha- do I know do I have an amazing friend who has a great network who I could reach out to and say, "Hey, like do you actually know of anyone that might be a fun match for me?" And that's that can be vulnerable and edgy and and as a woman too, to, to ask for something of that nature. Um, and then all the things that start happening in the monkey mind about what that means about you start to come up, but sometimes it's, that's a great way to meet someone, Yeah, you know, or, or pushing your edges in terms of the types of events that you're going to.
0: Yeah. You know, that's funny you say that because I joined the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco. I like big talk. It's what gets me going. It's what keeps me curious. And I loved all of the programming that was coming out of that organization. So I signed up and, you know, it's a lot of older people that attend. But in my mind, I'm like, all of those people are grandparents and they probably have a handsome grandson that they would love to set me up with. Love it.
1: I love it. I love it. That's great. And that's such a such a better way than being home and and trying to get that very ego based hit of am I attractive? Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people get that. And that's why they stay on the app. Is because it's like, oh, this is this has now become a game yeah. of seeing, um, oh, am I attractive? And then you get the small little hit that's almost yeah. a a fake sense of yeah. someone coming and giving you a compliment of saying, wow, like you are just glowing. Mm-hmm. And that type of compliment hits us in in a real way because it's a human-to-human connection. Yeah. Versus this this
0: sprinkle of dopamine.
1: Yeah. And I think that there's there's diminishing returns on that type of attention that leaves you feeling really unfulfilled.
0: I agree. I agree. Switch hitter, I think that you're right to be frustrated with what's happening in the dating scene right now. You aren't crazy for considering dating women. Uh, I think if you if you can just really do it in a mindful way and, you know, and actually... If you got off of dating apps and just tried to join a local organization or, you know, the holidays are coming up, donate your time and do a Habitat for Humanity build. I bet there's some hot dudes that are there and women for that matter. (laughs) So, you know, put yourself in some other situations and see if you still feel the same way about men, because I know that the men that I meet in real life don't have those same shitty qualities that the men that are online dating do. Yeah. And so I, you know, that would be a recommendation. Try that. And if you still are jonesing to check out being with a woman, I say go for it.
1: Yep. And you know, the interesting thing to me about desire is that it does, it asks you to lean in in a different way. So if you're even having an inkling that you might want to date women, what aspect of your personality opens up when you're in that situation? And how can you take that and bring it into your life in a more holistic way? Yeah. You're like, wow, when I'm around a woman I'm attracted to, um, even though I'm pissed off at men right now, when I'm with a woman, this thing opens with me. And then how do you start bringing those parts of your creativity um, or, or your edginess, you know, into the other aspects of your life? Because, I mean, uh, improv and role play is where I have the most fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that it's really interesting um, for our switch hitter here to see what is it about women that opens you to a new experience versus when you're with men. Um, And then how you can actually play with both of those different types of intimacy and how you want to bring them together as a a fuller version of how you look as a sexual being, as someone who's looking for a partner and not trying to box yourself in into one place.
0: I agree. And here's the thing. Life is a game. We are all the central character The world revolves around each of us. You make sure that you're having a good time, that you're enjoying your experience. My family, people live to be into their 90s, some into their hundreds. Mm. And with the way wellness is happening now and all the applications that we can have of technology into understanding and knowing how our body works, we're gonna live even longer than that. So let's just say that you don't find your person until you're 50. That might leave you still 50 years of sleeping with that one person. (laughs) So fucking chill out. Like, take your time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's very true. You know, just slow your roll. It's all going to happen in good time. Just make sure that you're having fun playing the game of life. So good. Love, 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 love your notes, Witch hitter I have a feeling we're going to be hearing again from you. Follow up and let us know how it goes. Yes. But thank you so much for diving in with me today. I know that a lot of the things that I want to talk about are not things that are mainstream conversations. Yeah, I love it. Those are my favorite. (laughs) I love the grittiness. It's so good. Outstanding. Yeah. All right. Well, you will probably see Aaron again on another episode of Love, Mary Chain. (laughs) But if you are in New York, LA, San Francisco, Erin does coaching and matchmaking. And so on the show notes, you'll be able to find a link to her page and services. And um, aren't, weren't you giving people uh, like a free profile in your matchmaking database?
1: Yeah, so anyone who references the show here today can come in and do a complimentary profile. And then in addition to that, we hop on a 30-minute evaluation and look at how you might be able to make some tweaks into how you're approaching your dating life, whether it's online or offline, that might yield some different results for you.
0: Absolutely. You know, that's the thing. We think we know what we're doing but you know sometimes things don't work and we're never too old to be coached and to learn a new way to to do things or, or maybe gain a new perspective so i spend a lot of time with matchmakers and it's actually an important job it serves a very deep and meaningful purpose in people's lives
1: yeah definitely the more that you can love yourself and feel a sense of excitement and and passion in your life and then when you meet that vibrational match what's possible in love and how that impacts the world from that location. That's why I love what I do.
0: Yeah. Matchmaking really does help people get out of their own way when it comes to love. Having somebody that's, you know, your sideline coach. I mean, come on. I feel like dating is a fourth job for me to be able to outsource some of that. Yeah. It's a win-win. All the stuff that's not fun, you outsource, and then <laughs> yeah. you get all the
1: goods from it.
0: <laughs> I dig it. It's a perfect match. Oh, well, thank you, Erin. I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks to Erin Beata for the much-needed Big Talk sesh on dating. You are definitely not a lone switch hitter. I'm not sure I've talked to a single, single person that isn't frustrated with their dating experience. If you want to try your hand in matchmaking, Aaron's team is offering listeners in the San Francisco Bay Area, Los Angeles, and NYC a complimentary matchmaking profile in their network of conscious singles. No matter your sexual orientation, if you're looking to elevate your experience, get started by emailing hello at erinbiata.com. That's hello at E R I N. B-E-A-T-A dot com. Be sure to tell her Mary Jane sent you. I hope Aaron and I were able to share a hopeful perspective you can use. If you learned something helpful in this Armchair Life Coaching session, I encourage you to subscribe to the Love Mary Jane podcast. And while you're at it, pay it forward to a friend or family member by sharing this episode with them. And if you want to give the gift of Canna Confidence... Turn them on to Casually Baked, the podcast. Connect on social at lovemjpod. Links in the show notes and at lovemaryjane.net. The Love Mary Jane column and podcast are created and produced by yours truly. Feedback feeds the flame of Mary Jane, so submit your cannabis-related relationship questions or sticky situations at lovemaryjane.net. Thanks to my highly capable sound engineer, Arnav Gupta, and to my highly talented friend, Seth Walker, for the show Vibes. You can find the Love MJ theme music, All That I'm Asking, on Seth's album, Sky Still Blue, however you listen to music these days. I hope you'll join me next week for more.
2: and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.